and uh, this is week three of, uh, of, of uh, the rest series. And today's message is titled, The Action of Rest, okay? The Action of Rest. So last week, uh, we wrapped up uh, by on this point. And the point was that rest is not a matter of emotion, but of discipline. That's what rest is. Uh, it's a matter of discipline. Uh, if we live our lives waiting for uh, rest to come and overtake us uh, passively, we're most likely not going to be uh, living a very restful life. Okay, if we uh, treat uh, rest passively and we're, we wait for it to, to be as, a, as some sort of emotion or feeling that just comes over us, chances are we're not going to get it because rest is all about action. Amen. It takes action. Rest requires us to be active. Okay, so it's a matter of discipline. It's not just an emotion. Rest. There's an emo. There's a calm, a peace that that we sense when whenever we're at, we're at rest, and and we pray for rest and say, God, fill me with rest. But we don't do what's necessary for ask for us to actually enter into rest. You guys with me? To enter into a place of rest. We we don't do our part, and because of that, we struggle uh, with finding rest. Okay. Uh, and here's what I want to start out with. Uh, the test of rest is trouble. The test of rest is trouble. It's easy to, to, to think that, we're, you know, I have rest in my life until you're faced with trouble. So the real test is uh, the storms of life. When they come, that's when we really see where we, we're at with our level of, of, of rest. Um, you know, uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, uh, the first law of motion. Who knows the first, who remembers the first law of motion? Some of you guys are still in, uh, in college. There you go. You are tell us, <laughs> engineering student. <laughs> there you go. Right. What's the What's the other one? There's another part to it too, right? Oh, that's too deep for me. But um, I'll tell you this. There, there's. I believe there's another side to that, right? And whatever's in motion will remain in motion. But whatever's at rest. There you go, right? Remains at rest. So the truth is, you know, uh, I believe, by the way, Isaac Newton, who was, who was a, a believer and loved the Lord and was a theologian, and most of his works were actually in theology. So we don't even know about that. But I believe maybe, this is my take, okay, that maybe this guy was influenced by his spiritual understanding to really understand what was going on physically, right? Because an object at rest tends to stay what? It stays at rest. And so truly, if you are at rest in your life, and spiritually, you're, wa you're walking out uh, the rest that is in your spirit, by the way, because you're already at rest, thank God. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 3 and 4, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about entering into God's rest. So uh, you guys go ahead and read that. It's, it's the latter of uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And really, all of Hebrews chapter 4 talks about entering into God's rest, okay? And... Uh, the context of that rest that the Bible speaks of is about salvation. Amen? Because when you get saved, what, you, you rest from your works, right? From, 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 uh, you rest from uh, trying to use your works to earn the favor of God, to, to earn the acceptance of God instead, but by faith, right? You, you enter into God's family. You get born again to His family by faith. Uh, so that's it. So it talks about the importance of entering into his rest and not deviating away from the fact that our salvation is by faith. That's what the writer of Hebrews is uh, tackling in those chapters. 
But in the same way, us who are now spiritually have entered into rest, we have a responsibility to actually encounter the rest, the spiritual rest that we're in here on this earth as we walk on this earth, right? God does not want us to live lives that are troubled. He does not want us to live lives that are lack, that, that lack peace, that lack joy, right? Because what is the kingdom of God? It is righteousness. That's the foundation. And when you got righteousness, what comes with righteousness? Peace. Thank God. You have peace with God. Uh, your life is filled with, with peace, right? God is for you, not against you. Why? Because you're His righteousness. You're the righteousness of God. And and you and peace is that is, is the very nature of God. So with righteousness comes peace and comes joy. That's my spiritual reality. And so, but, I, but if I want to experience this spiritual reality in my physical walk on this earth, because I am a spirit being, yes, but I, I also have a body in which I reside and I'm living here on this earth, right? And so my spirit can't do whatever it wants and, and, and the, the realities of my spirit will not be expressed just because my spirit wants it. Because my body is really the one making the calls, calling the shots. By the way, that's why we renew our minds. Your mind, your physical mind, your brain, part of this body is, is, the, is the shot caller. Is the one who says what goes. So, whatever, so, so we can... Second Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes, we have all this glory, all these precious things and what? It says, I'm going to read it for you. It's in earthen... Vessels, right? In earthen vessels. You are a glorious being recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. That is who I am. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3. I'm just going to read it for you guys. Okay, this is... Uh, I'm sorry. This is actually chapter 4. My bad, okay? Chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, we have this treasure. You know what that treasure is? That treasure is you. Hallelujah. It's the new creation that was recreated in Christ Jesus. You are a treasure. We were just praying earlier prophetically and God was telling us what? You are who, what, who I say you are. That's it. Even if you don't agree with me, right? That's what God said to us. Even if you don't agree with me, <laughs> he, doesn't, he wants us to agree with him. But if you don't agree with God about who he says you are, your experience is going to be what you believe, not what he's, what he, the truth. Amen? So that's why we have to renew our minds and we have to cause our bodies to be living sacrifices so that they don't express their will, but express the will of our spirits. Amen. Just because you, have, you are this person that is filled with the power of God, that is a treasure to God and to everything around you doesn't mean that treasure is going to be uh, expressed on this earth unless we let it be expressed. So when you talk about rest, man, thank God I am at rest already i have rest if i have rest with god i can rest in god are you with me praise god if you have rest with god if you're if you're at peace with god you can have peace in him because he is for you and not against you and notice that's the one thing that the, the devil attacks he is constantly trying to make us feel like we're not at peace with god he, he keeps coming and telling us you got beef with god and god is saying like no i ain't got no beef with his, right? Like, I ain't got no beef with my children. We're cool. And then he's trying to make us feel like as if God is not for us. Because he knows that is powerful, a powerful tool he can use to destroy us. Amen? So, 
going back to rest and the first law of motion, right? Objects at rest tend to stay at rest or stay at rest. So that means that if you're exercising rest, really, your rest, that the rest that is in you, when you are tempted to throw away your rest by the storms of life and trouble comes, you stay at rest. That's the true signature of rest, whether it be physically or spiritually. Amen. You, just, you don't change. Nothing changes about you just because something came. Just because trouble came. So the test of rest is trouble. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Verses, verses 24 to 27. Okay. Actually, instead of Matthew... It's the same account. Let's 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 uh, read this in Luke chapter six. It's also in chapter six. So let's go to Luke. Luke six. And uh, the verse is forty-six. Okay, verse forty-six. But why do you call to me, Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Ever been there? Right? Let me tell you, you're saved. This is not about your salvation. But God is saying this to us all the time. Because we're like, we go to prayer. We do, we do every spiritual thing. We read our Bibles and we say, Lord, Lord, I love you, Lord, Lord. But we don't do what he's telling us. In regards to obtaining rest, in regards to walking according to the exceedingly great and precious promises that we receive, right? We don't do what God keeps telling us to do. And so he's literally saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? And then this is what Jesus says, okay? Whoever comes to me and, hear, and hears my sayings and does them, and says, does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. He's, he's like a man what who dug deep. How many of you know if you want to build a, a, a stable structure, or it's a structure, not just stable, a structure that is like really high, skyscraper, you have to dig as deep as you have to build, right? Or something like that. It's just deep. I don't know exactly how deep because I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a civil engineer. Okay, but you got to do that. Otherwise, your structure is gonna not stand. So Jesus says, the person who hears my words, my sayings, and actually does them. I want to focus on the doing. Today we're talking about the action of rest. The action. Underline that action part. Rest is all about action. So Jesus says, this man is like a person who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when, look at this, this is the test. When the flood arose and the stream beat greatly against that house and could not shake it, right? For it was founded on the rock. This is the person who is doing what the promises of God say. This is the person who is doing what God says to do. This is the person who is not just saying, Holy Spirit, help me, but actually does what the Holy Spirit says. 
I've told you before, many times we're waiting for the touch of God, but God is, God, God deals with us with His Word. Hallelujah. We're waiting for some touch, something to come and overwhelm us, but God speaks. And we have to honor and know that there's some, the power of God in his, is in His Word. If we do what He says, you are unleashing the supernatural power of God to become a reality in your life. Amen. So he says, the person who does this, even when the storm comes, what happens? He doesn't get shaken. Nothing happens to his house. Uh, the verse for those asking is Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Okay. And then now let's look at verse 49. Jesus continues to say, but he who heard, heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house. He also builds a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great so contextually scripture here is talking about salvation okay it's talking about salvation jesus is telling his disciples people he's preaching to he's telling them if you guys actually take what i say right now you guys see the miracles you guys see everything and if you follow up with what i've said to actually believe in me as the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world you do it what happened what will happen to you he's saying he's telling them you're building your your house is your life you're building your life on me right and you are set on the rock so contextually the scripture is about salvation okay and so that's what Jesus is talking about. But we can take this and apply. We are saved, but you can be saved and ha we have to live like we are saved, right? When we got saved, as we were looking at yesterday, I mean, last week, we received exceedingly great and precious promises. And so if I'm living my life and not experiencing those exceedingly great and precious promises, there, there is truth in, in what Jesus is saying here that even though I'm saved, that I'm not, that, that applies to me. And, the, and, and what's applying to me here is the fact that I, yes, I listened to Jesus and I, I, and, and I acted. By the way, you guys remember in John chapter 6, the Pharisees asked Jesus, show us the like, what, what is the work of God that we must do in order, in order to be saved? The word is the work of God. And he tells them, this is the work of God. The work of God is to believe in Him, in, in him whom He has sent. Right? So he tells them the only work for your salvation is to believe. So here what Jesus is saying, whoever does what I tell him, he's talking about that work of believing. Amen. When you believe, you get what? That's the work. That's the doing, acting on his word unto salvation. Great. I got that. I'm saved. But in order for me to experience what I've received, I got to do what the Holy Spirit says. So same, same uh, concept is, a, is apl applicable to me. And I, I'm talking about uh, this in, in, in regards to rest. If I want to rest in God, I can read about rest in the Bible. I can, I can, I can become the mo expert. Like, you know, I might know the, mo like the most verses out of anyone in, that are in the Bible about rest. I can, maybe I could quote it for you back, front of, front of back. That won't do anything for me unless I do Years ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, those who know little, but put to practice the little they know, will always get better results than those who know, those who know much, but apply it not. That's exactly what he said to me. 
If all you have, you know, is one verse, but you walk on it, you walk on that one scripture, you will have always more confidence and more result, result than the person who knows everything of all the verses, but has not put them into practice. Amen. Praise God. So I want to tell you, maybe you, this is a word for someone. If Maybe you might feel like, you know, I don't know the Bible enough. And, and that's something you feel so insecure about. Instead of feeling insecure about what you don't know, take the one or two or three things that you know and walk, 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 walk using those, those truths. Amen? And trust me, the enemy is always looking for reasons to make us feel insecure or beat down or walk according to his word. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen? And so... The test of, of uh, rest is trouble. When the storm comes, what happens? The, 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 if your rest leaves, then that means you haven't mastered rest. Right? We haven't mastered rest. And God is wanting us to be a people that when trouble comes and storms come, nothing changes on our end because we're founded and we're doing what the Holy Spirit has taught us. He's the one who guides us and leads us into all truth, right? So when He leads us, we must, we should follow, we should hearken, we should listen, and we should act what the truth tells us to do. Praise God. Second thing I want to tell you is that rest requires action. Say rest. Rest. Requires. Requires. Action. Action. Rest requires action. Rest is an active state that we enter into by faith. It requires us to act. It's not a passive state where an emotion or calm overtakes us. <laughs> That's what we usually wait for, for something to just overwhelm me. You know, I'll pray and I want God just come, Holy Spirit, and touch me. And you know what? God loves you. God will touch us. God will speak to us. And we might feel moment, better momentarily when you feel the, 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 the voice of God. You might you know, turn on a worship song of worship. You might feel great. But if your rest only lasts during the, the moments you have that worship song on and you leave and you don't experience rest, you kind of came around rest but never entered into it. Are you with me? Because rest is about action. It requires us to act. It's an action of faith. And rest, I told you, it's already in your spirit. That's my spiritual reality. If you have rest with God, you have rest in God. And so because of that, it's available to me. God is not withholding rest from me. God is not withholding rest from His children. It's me who haven't acted on His word to actually walk in rest. Amen? And that's why I said last week that rest is, rest is a discipline. It's discipline. Discipline. We have to discipline ourselves to be at rest. You know, we might think, I must discipline myself not to sin. I must discipline myself so that I can love others. Add this to that list. I must discipline myself to be at rest. Amen? It's discipline. Rest requires us to stand against circumstances. It requires us to go against the grain. That's what rest requires from me and you. In John chapter 14, verse 1, we can go there quickly. Verse 1, Jesus tells his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. He knew what was coming. 
and, 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 and it, it did come, right? When he was when he was arrested, they scattered. Everybody scattered, except for John, right? He, he understood something. There was something that that really drew him, and is the fact that he knew how loved he was. But he says, "Let not your heart be troubled." He says, he tells them, "You believe in God, believe also in me." The responsibility is on us. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You, God can't do that for you. God can't do that for me. I have to say, I will not let myself be troubled. And that's why it's discipline. That's why it's work. Okay? Don't expect rest to come easy to you. It doesn't. It, it, it never does. It's something that requires us to constantly uh, fight. We have to fight for it. Yeah, we have to fight to be at rest and to remain at rest. And, and actually, rest looks like this most of the time, okay? It looks like you feeling terribly afraid, nervous, uncertain, but you still choosing to stay on the promises of God. Pray in tongues so that you, you unleash what is real in the Spirit and you live and live from the Spirit. Amen? Because He helps us in our weaknesses. That's what the Bible says. Even when you don't know what to pray, that's what rest looks like. Praying in the Spirit, sitting there, remaining, standing on His Word. Most of the time, rest doesn't feel like rest. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's, that's the, the doorway to rest. Come on. Remaining. It's the discipline of rest, not an emotion. When, and when you stay there, hallelujah, when you stay in that place, you begin to experience the the, the 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 emotions and everything else that comes with rest. But rest is, man, standing in the Word of God against all odds. Amen? So God wants us to shift. Because many times we, we, we're in that place and we don't feel rest. We're like, oh man, I'm just so weak. <laughs> this stuff is not for me. I just, you know, Lord, help. And we just, just give in. God is like, no, stay. Stay there. Stay in my Word. Amen? So it's this dis discipline that we must practice against all odds. Praise God. So Jesus tells them, let not your heart be troubled. It's The responsibility is on them. And what's the solution? He tells them, believe in God. Believe also in me, right? When we believe in God, believe in His promises. By the way, you can't say, I believe in God apart from believing in His promises. If we ever say, God, I just believe in God. But then I don't believe all the, the exceedingly great and precious promises that are mine in Christ Jesus. I'm not, I don't believe in God. I'm not in agreement with God. If I'm not in agreement with what God says about me, I'm not believing in God. Amen? So that's it. it, we got, it's it. Rest is a matter of discipline, not emotion. Praise God. In Philippians 4.6, Paul says three things. He says, he says, be anxious for nothing. Right? And he says, your requests made known to God and then what the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so if you guys are writing the verses down I know we didn't go to read into it in detail but it's Philippians 4 6 I love that it starts with a direct the direct the first directive is for something for us to do we might be waiting on God to bring peace but Paul Paul's direction starts with us. He says what? Be anxious for nothing. 
I'm, I'm seeing the same pattern that Jesus tells his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Paul tells us, if you want peace, be anxious for nothing. If you want to experience rest, be anxious for nothing. That's where you have to start. That's the starting point. And then he says, in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your requests made known to God. Right? It's good to pray. It's good to ask God what we need. It's good to present things, things that are troubling us. In fact, it's not just good. It's what we must do. God wants to, my heart. He, although He knows what's in me already, He wants me to share it with Him. He wants me to be real. And God is not withholding peace from us, by the way. That's why. That's the precisely why Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because rest, peace is your spiritual reality. The kingdom of God being righteousness, peace, and joy, that is what I reside in. Hallelujah. And so he says, to start off, be anxious for nothing. And from that place of choosing not to be anxious, standing on God's word, talk to God. Amen? Present what's going on to God. But unless you choose not to be anxious, when God, uh, you will not be able to receive the peace of God. That's the key. We pray, we ask, and God, it's not like God was withholding it anyway. It's my portion. It's mine. But I can't receive what God has already given me. I can't experience an encounter what God has given me unless I unlock it, unless I unlock my doors by choosing not to be anxious. Are you with me? I have to choose. It's an action. Faith is, I mean, rest is an action. That's really the message today. That I want to keep ringing in your ears. Faith is an, I mean, not faith, rest is an action. It's an action. It's, it's not a passive thing. Where we say, God, okay, fill me with, with, with rest. And, and if you don't feel that rest, God, why are you not filling me with rest? Right? Like we keep pointing at God. God is like, I gave you everything. I, 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 I raised you from death to my life, my kind of life. And I, you have rest. Amen. And you have to choose not to be anxious, founded on this truth, on this reality. You have to take into captivity whatever lie of the devil, whatever whatever imagination the devil keeps creating in your head that is against my knowledge, the knowledge of God, against what I know to be true. What does God know to be true? See, if I, if I put my attention there, you know what happens? If I put my attention on what God knows to be true, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to receive what's already mine. Hallelujah. Amen. So this, whatever flesh we, we keep allowing in our flesh is keeping us from experiencing the peace of God. That's already available. So we must act first. So next time we pray, this is what we must all do. We have to, you have to just really ask yourself and be like, as I'm praying to God, am I taking care of the parts where it's in my responsibility to act? Are you with me? Because God is not evil. He's not mean. He's not withholding anything from us, right? That's, that's, that's literally what Jesus says. What father? His children asking him for bread. We'll give him his name. Or stones, right? That's what he says. So God, and he says, how much more is God willing to give you what the Holy Spirit? So he's talking about sonship, man. <laughs> He's already given us sonship. He's given us the greatest thing He could ever give us. He's not withholding anything from us. It's already mine. 
So I, I, what's left is my failure to act. And if I want rest, I need to know that rest is not a matter of emotion, but of discipline. And I must act towards rest against all odds, against whatever I don't feel. Praise God. Okay. And the third thing I want to tell you is this. Rest works by faith. Amen. Work, rest works by faith. You know, we might say, I trust God. I trust God, right? But you, do you know how God spells uh, trust? God spells trust, R-E-S-T. Amen. That's how he spells trust. Trust is rest. That's how trust is defined, right? So unless I'm resting in God, I'm not really trusting God. And when we walk, when we actually begin to, uh, to towards, uh, towards walking and this action of rest, we're actually expressing our faith. That's what we're doing. We're expressing our faith. Rest is the expression of our faith. And how much faith you're walking in in your life is measured by how much rest you're walking in your life. Amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And verse, verse 35, okay? So on the same day, when evening had come, Jesus said to, to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already feeling, filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey? Now I want to I ask you something. Why was Jesus, Jesus asleep? Why was he asleep? I think, I personally think that it wasn't, it wasn't because Jesus was a heavy sleeper and he couldn't hear the waves. That's the first thing we might think, right? Luke, in Luke's account, Luke actually says that as the, when the storm came, they were in jeopardy. That's what it says. They were in trouble. This wasn't just like minor little move, movements, you know? I remember once my, uh, my, my, my dad said to me, you know, these were seamen. Seamen, right? Like that's what they do for a living. They're out on the sea every day, fishing, right? I mean, you know, some, I don't know if you've experienced this. Sometimes you're flying and you feel you feel turbulence, right? And if you don't fly often, what do you do? You just look at the the you look at the um, like the the host or hostess there, hostess, and you're like the flight attendants, and you just notice to see if they're nervous, right? If they don't look nervous, you're like, all right. But you know, the day if you ever see a flight attendant freaking out in the air, you know something's up, right? <laughs> so you're like, we in trouble, right? So. It wasn't some little, this was some serious storm, 
So how could he? How could anybody sleep through a serious storm like that? And 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 the Bible says that the the that the water was filling the boat. He was in the stern. I'm sure Jesus was probably getting splashed by water, right? Like, and he just still slept. He didn't wake up. He continued sleeping. Jesus slept because he chose. And that's action. Amen. He was sleeping, not because he couldn't hear the storm, not because he didn't feel the storm. No, this was, and they're screaming, yelling, just, <laughs> just all this should wake him up. But he slept because what? He chose, this was his action. He chose to sleep through the storm. And this action was Jesus's faith being expressed onto rest. That's what this was. This action of sleep. And I love Mark's account. He says he was asleep on a pillow, comfortable pillow. <laughs> and he was sleeping on a pillow. And he just, he just refused to get up. He refused to wake up. He refused to be interrupted. Hallelujah. An object at rest stays at rest, right? Long motion. He's Jesus is like, I'm not, I ain't letting nothing wake me up from my nap. I'm staying. He stayed no matter what. Jesus did not let his heart be troubled. Not because he was God on the earth. He was a man on the earth who did everything because the Holy Spirit was with him as the Bible says, as an act. Hallelujah. He said, I'm, not, I'm just going to remain. I'm not going to move. So in our lives, I'll actually say this, and it wasn't necessarily because Jesus felt this peace and calm of rest either. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way. And I've told you before, you can't, be you can't call it temptation without the possibility of failure. Jesus, you know that Jesus experienced hardship. He experienced fear, sweating blood before way the cross. He experienced everything, all, all sorts of things. He chose to stay. And I'm sure that was his practice in his entire life, obviously. Only being moved by what the Father is doing and saying. Right? So he stayed. That was, that was his action. You see, that's what I'm saying. So I, we have to ask ourselves, myself included, what is my action? What is it that I'm going to do? See, Jesus, see, my action should look like this. Not letting myself be troubled. Not being anxious about for nothing, Right? So Jesus didn't let himself get anxious about the situation. Although they were in great jeopardy. He knew what was happening. But he stayed. He remained. Praise God. So that was his choice. Next point I want to give you is this. That rest releases power. Say that. Rest, rest. releases, releases. Power. power. Say it again. Rest, rest. releases, releases. power. Power. One more time. Rest. Rest. Releases. Releases. Power. If we want the power of God to be released, it's not God who's withholding His power. See, God unleashed His entire power to resurrect me from death to life. And now I have. I am interwined with the power of God. See, there's power in you. Whatever power you have is the power of God. It's the power that came from him. And God wants me to unleash power. 
But the key to unleashing that power, one key, is rest. You see, when you choose to sleep, just like Jesus, for Jesus, the action was sleeping. The action of faith. When we choose to, 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 to act on rest through the storm, rest becomes our atmosphere. That's what overtakes us. So even the feeling of rest, the emotion of rest, all these things that come, they come from the action we take towards rest. And what happens in that moment is we begin to have this so what attitude to whatever the trouble is, to whatever the storm is. That's what God is working in us to, 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 really, to really build. He wants us to get to a place where we have a so what attitude Amen. to whatever is happening. That, does, that this attitude doesn't give any value or mind to the trouble, to the storm. So what attitude? A very disrespectful attitude to the, to the storm. Jesus said, I, what? I, I was taking a nap. I don't care if this boat is trying to sink. I'm going to continue my, with my nap. It's not worth my time to get up. <laughs> you know what's amazing to me is that we know that the, Jesus didn't wake up wantingly. He didn't wake up on his own on his own accord okay the disciples literally came and she don't you care that we're perishing like that that was what they were they woke him up it's not that he never heard the storm he chose to stay sleeping when they woke him up for their sakes he got up and and rebuked the storm but jesus i don't think jesus ever had any he ever had any intentions jesus Never had any intentions to actually rebuke the storm. He knew that his sleep was enough for the storm. Jesus knew that his nap was powerful enough to settle the storm. <laughs> because his nap was an action of rest that releases power. He didn't get up and say, oh, I rebuke you. Stop. No. He did that after they woke him up. I don't think anybody likes to be woken up from a nap, right? I don't think Jesus likes to be woken up either. I hope they do, they, they do uh, the chosen episode for this really nicely. If you guys haven't watched that uh, series, it's amazing. Especially, I love it because it, it, it portrays the humanity of Jesus so well. That's why I love it. Praise God. So you, having the so what attitude, that's what God, where God wants to stay today, guys. This so what attitude towards the storm. And in that moment, you begin to realize that this storm is not as bad or scary as you had thought. Let me tell you this. Whatever we're afraid of, whatever that we're afraid of, we actually, all, the enemy always paints the storm we're looking at uh, exaggerated in an exaggerated fashion trust me whatever my life anything any situation I've ever been afraid of I had a, a more exaggerated version of it in my mind than whatever it was <laughs> but when you that, that trust me that's it's for real even when it's like a really dangerous bad thing what you imagine is always more exaggerated than what it is but that's it that's what the enemy loves to do I love this uh, uh, this part. Uh, you know when David is uh, facing Goliath, 
Goliath like looks at David and he's just he feels so disrespected right Goliath the moment he saw David, like David I'm sure just imagine what you might what he, what you would feel a man of his size and stature a man of war from his youth who's been contending and telling the, you know the Israelites to send their best warrior they said David is going there with 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 a bunch of smooth stones. I just love that too. That that, that the Bible says that David David picked out uh, like a few smooth rocks. I'm like David. Why wouldn't you at least pick like jagged rocks that can pierce through skin, right? These are smooth rocks, and he's just walking. And and Goliath feels so disrespected. He says, "Am I a dog? You come at me with a stick." And David was essentially saying, "Yes, I don't. You know, you don't need anything more than a stick and stones." You look very scary, but you're not really nothing. You're not that whatever you appear to be at all. The enemy wants us to see how dangerous it is, how dangerous Goliath is. He's got, look at his spear, the size of his, if you read the size of the, how heavy his, his sword is, all this stuff. But God is like, just go with a stick. That's all you need. <laughs> go with some smooth stones. That's what rest looks like, right? So God wants to disrespect the enemy. God wants our reaction to the devil to be so disrespectful to him. I know what it's like to fear. I know what it's like to, to deal with, with things like that. But God is tr wanting us to see it, everything through his eyes. Hallelujah. So that we rest. Jesus said, storm, boat filling. You know, all these fishermen that are used to storms and used to the, the waves freaking out. Jesus could have said, I'm not even a fisherman. Like, this must be really bad. Like, he's like, I'm going to sleep through it. It's not worth my time to give it that kind of reaction. So when you rest, you realize that it's not as bad as you thought. But the that, that first step of standing through, standing on God's promises is so hard. But as you remain in it, you begin to awaken to reality and to truth. And you begin to see, wait a minute, this thing is not as bad as I thought. But the devil's been painting a scarier picture than whatever it is. And then that's the, you're entering into rest. You see, that's the first step. The first thing we begin to experience. And that's in that moment, that's also when you release your authority as a child of God in that place of rest. That's when you release it. When you choose to rest, here's what's happening. You're living from your spirit. Because rest is your portion. It's not a, it's a new identity. So when you choose to rest against all odds, against whatever it is that you're feeling, you're renewing your mind to be aligned to your spirit. You're releasing your real identity. You guys with me? And when your real identity is released, the power and authority that God gave you in that identity as his son, as his daughter, as his child is released. That's why rest releases power. Because when you because to experience rest, you must go to who you really are. You with me? And when who you really are is expressed, you begin to see, so what? This thing is not whatever the enemy is saying. And in that, because why, why are you even thinking that way? Because the real you is being released. Your body is becoming a living sacrifice. Your mind is being renewed. And then you're, you're just beginning to see things the way they really are. Not the way the devil says they are. Not the way that other people are seeing it. Even though that's what makes us physically. Not even the way you saw it five minutes ago. You're seeing it in a completely different light in the spirit. And in that place, that is also where your authority, hallelujah, your power as a child of God is. God told Adam and Eve, have dominion over the earth, rule, right? That's what you have. That's what I have as a child of God now. That's what's been restored unto me. So from that place, 
because of me entering into that rest I have, my authority as a child of God, power as a child of God, can be released. So that's what Jesus did. And that's why I'm telling you, Jesus never rebuked the storm to start with. He did that after the disciples woke him up. He knew his nap. He knew his sleep. That reaction of rest was enough to settle the storm. That is, that is amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, your nap, your refusal to do the... It's enough. Just as, that's exactly what God did to Goliath. Just as a smooth stone was enough to bring down a, a warrior like Goliath, your nap can be enough to settle the storm. You're <laughs> the merely like doing nothing, not responding because you're at rest, is powerful enough to settle the storm. Praise God. And this was how Jesus lived, why he was so successful in his walk. And why he overcame, how he overcame the difficult circumstances he felt in life. Jesus, you get, I, quote, I say this all the time. Jesus said what? John 16, 33, in this world you'll have trouble. He's speaking from experience, not just y'all will have trouble. No, he's speaking from experience. Trouble with people, trouble, trouble with, 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 with situations, trouble with the enemy. He was a man. He didn't cheat. Whatever we 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 can face, he's faced. I believe even sickness probably tried to come up on Jesus, but he said, "No, nah, get out of here." You get what I'm saying? Like everything, Hallelujah! Jesus lived his life overcoming. Why? One key was this rest, this rest that released power. Amen. The rest is action. And next point I want to make is this. Rest backs your confession. Rest backs your confession. How many of you know that confessing the power of God, speaking the power of God, declaring the power of God, I mean, declaring the word of God, you know, confessing the word of God, is, it, it has power. We believe that, right? We believe that. But I want to tell you this. It's not only the words you speak, but the rest that is behind the words you speak that releases power. With me, maybe you've confessed the promise of God, declared them, and, and, and didn't see anything happening. See, it's when we have rest in what we are declaring that power is actually released. Otherwise, we're just superstitious, superstitiously, like you know, saying things like, <laughs> You guys know what superstitious is, right? It is, right? People just, if I say this word three times, if I, that's demonic stuff. So sometimes we do that with the Bible. But what God wants us to, is, is for the word of God to become so real to me that when I speak it, I speak it having rested in the word and then there I can, I can experience its power. Amen. So that's why when Jesus rebuked the storm, it wasn't only that he rebuked it, he rebuked it from a place of rest. You see what I'm saying? That's, so we have to have that element in our confessions, in our declarations. Amen. So it's not only the words you speak, but the rest in the words you speak. That releases power. Praise God. Amen. So how do we enter into rest? How do we walk in rest? Isaiah 26.3. 
says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Right? It has everything to do with your thoughts. It has everything to do with our thoughts, with our minds. What are we doing with our minds? And Philippians 4.8 says this. Philippians 4.8. Tells us he thought Paul tells us there what to do with our minds. He says, finally, brethren, whatever is whatever things are true, true. What's true? Word of God. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is any anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. One translation says, Any, anything worth celebrating, meditate on these things. This is what we should do with our minds always. And we know this, not just when trouble comes, but always, constant, meditate on these things. By the way, there's two types of confessions that we make, or declarations of God when we speak the word of God. The first is you speak the word so that you hear it and believe it so that so that it's a practice for us for the word to cause us to get and enter into rest amen so when isaiah isaiah says you will keep him in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you whatever you speak your mind is stayed on right that's the practice of renewing our minds that confession is for that second one is this is the confession or declaration you speak from rest to cause things to happen. There's two types of confession, two declarations that we gotta make. First is for me, for me to believe the word, for me to stand the word, for me to be rooted in the word and it be, until it becomes my reality, that's me. Sometimes that's the stage we're at and we're trying to use that as speak it for, for things to happen. No, no, you're not releasing who you are in the spirit yet. So it might not, you might not even see anything happening. All you're doing right now is building yourself up. Hallelujah. With what you're saying, it's for you. Not for the situation, not for anything. This, this, this declaration, confession is for me to believe. See, many times we think, if I confess and speak things, then God, I will get God to do things. No, don't think like that. That's not it. <laughs> I, I believe, speak the word of God so that I believe it. When I believe it, I enter into a place of rest where I'm confident in who I am. And praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Remember earlier, we were praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. I was saying, if you have having a hard time connecting with the truth of what you what's there in the word, what the Holy Spirit is saying, you know, just pray in tongues. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Amen? And when you pray in tongues, you're not praying from your mind. You're not praying from a, your physical uh, person. Not, you know, you're praying in the spirit through your, your body. That's the power of, of the speaking in tongues. It still involves your body, but it's from your spirit through your body. And so you're, you're, you're causing your body to become aligned to this, your spirit. <laughs> Amen? And when I speak the truth, the word of God, that's what I'm renewing my mind. And mix that, mix those. The word of God, speaking it, declaring it, with tongues, praying in the spirit, what happens? I'm beginning, I begin to renew my mind. And my body the whole time is becoming a living sacrifice now. It's not going to get what it wants, but it's beginning to allow what the, the real me to be expressed. Hallelujah. 
and, and in that place now, I, I enter into a place of rest of having renewed my mind. Whatever I speak from that place is powerful. Whatever you command and declare from that place is powerful. Amen. Praise God. So rest backs your confession. Rest releases power. Amen. Rest, we also said, rest works by faith. And rest requires action. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's pray, guys. Holy Spirit, you are so wonderful. We thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us and teaching us, God, what it means to be at rest, how to live in rest, and what we will experience when we walk from rest. Fear has no place because we don't have a spirit that makes us slaves again to fear, but it's the spirit, the spirit of sonship, hallelujah. God is for us. If God is for you, then there is no one who can be against you. If you are at rest with God, at peace with God, then you can rest in God because He's for you. You can be at, you can be, you can have peace in God. Oh God, we thank you for this truth. I speak these words over your children this morning that they are blessed. They are your glorious inheritance, as, as your word says in Ephesians. We are your glorious inheritance. The word. Your glorious, the glory, God has a glorious inheritance in the saints of what Paul writes. We have, we are a treasure in these earthen vessels, vessels that are carrying us. That's who we are, that's what we have. So Lord, we're going to make a practice of knowing your word, reading it, meditating it, and then speaking it out, building ourselves up with it. We're going to make a practice of praying in the spirit. Paul said, I pray. I'll pray more in the spirit than, than using words, right? I'll even sing in the spirit than using words. Sometimes we get to a place of prayer and we're like, okay, what do I pray about today? Who do I pray for and stuff like that? Most of the prayers just be praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen? And, and that's from the place from which we get into, into, into the prophetic. God actually will tell you what's going on. <laughs> Because you, when you get connected to who, to the spirit, not just don't pray with your just mind and thoughts and stuff like that. Just first, just first, let your body uh, that just uh, become a living sacrifice, right? Like away from its desires, away from its tendencies and thoughts. And through by praying in tongues, you unleash the spirit who you are in the spirit. And from that place, you hear God clearly. That's what we're. That's why we're able to hear God. God will even show you what's going on, what to pray for for a person, what to call them and to say to you know to say to them. Hallelujah. Amen. So God, we thank you that we have rest, that we've been given rest, that we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises in Christ Jesus. It's ours. They're not withholding anything from us. But you've asked us not to be anxious, be to be anxious for nothing. So we're not going to be anxious about anything. We're going to stand on your word, and when we do that. We, 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 we are aligning ourselves to be able to actually receive from you. That, when we're anxious for nothing, is that's when you have your hands open to receive from God. 
we're not going to let our hearts be troubled by anything, Lord. Thank you. We love you, Abba. All glory to your name. Hallelujah. We lift up people today that are uh, just struggling, people who are um, in darkness and confusion for the light of your word, for the light of the gospel to reach them. Use us too, Lord. Use us. We will be your heads and we send us. Even right now, even if it's digitally, that, that's how we're able to, to speak to people. But to, to be a light wherever we are, whatever we're doing to the world. We love you, Allah. Glory to your name.